I'm Mark Vinette, and this is The Story of America. In this episode, we search for the first non-Indigenous explorers to reach North America as we examine the many pre-Columbian transoceanic contact theories. Join me as we navigate the murky waters of fringe science and literature, pseudo-archaeology, fanciful tales, legends, myths, folklore, and pseudo-history. Pre-Columbian transoceanic contact theories speculate about possible visits to or interactions with North America, the indigenous peoples of the continent, or both, by people from other non-American continents at a time prior to Christopher Columbus's first voyage to the Caribbean in 1492. In this part, we examine claims involving Oceania, Asia, and Africa that most mainstream scholars and scientists view with skepticism or claim to have disproven or debunked. Okay, let's get to it. Researchers have proposed a theory of contact between Hawaiians and the Amerindians of Southern California between 400 and 800 CE. The sewn plank canoes crafted in this region are unique among the indigenous peoples of North America, but similar in design to larger canoes used by Oceanian Polynesians for deep-sea voyages. Other researchers have argued that the Olmec civilization, which we discussed earlier in this series, came into existence with the help of Chinese refugees, particularly at the end of the Shang dynasty around 1200 BCE. Other claims have been made for early Chinese contact with North America, including one based on 30 ancient BCE coins with a Chinese chronological cycle unearthed in British Columbia. Another states that Chinese Buddhist missionaries claim to have visited a location resembling portions of the California coast before 500 CE. And perhaps the best-known theory involves a Chinese fleet arriving in North America in 1421. Anthropologists suggest that certain indigenous people of New Mexico exhibit linguistic and cultural similarities to the Japanese. They speculate that Buddhist priests or restless peasants from Japan may have crossed the Pacific in the 13th century, traveled to the American Southwest, and influenced certain native societies. Others have argued that pre-Columbian contact between Japanese sailors and Native Americans was highly probable, given that several dozen Japanese ships are known to have been carried from Asia to North America along powerful Pacific Ocean currents during the 17th, 18th, and 19th centuries, landing at places between Alaska's Aleutian Islands in the north and Mexico in the south. While admitting there is no definitive proof of pre-Columbian contact between Japanese and North Americans, it is thought by some as implausible that such contacts, as outlined above, would have started only after Europeans arrived on the continent and began documenting them. Regarding India, scientists interpret as evidence of pre-Columbian contact carvings on a 200 BCE stupa in central India that appear to be a depiction of a plant indigenous to the Mexican tropics. Others believe that certain motifs present in the carvings on a Mayan stela at Copan in Mesoamerica represent the Asian elephant, while some 12th century objects depicted in Indian carvings from Bengaluru, today known as the city of Karnataka, resemble ears of maize. 
a crop native to Mesoamerica. Claims for an African presence in Mexico stem from attributes of the Olmec culture. This idea was first proposed in the mid-19th century. More recent claims include the attribution of Mesoamerican pyramids, calendar technology, mummification, and mythology to the arrival of Africans by boat on Atlantic Ocean currents running from Western Africa to the southern tip of North America. Proponents suggest that one of the Aztec gods represented an African visitor. Still others suggest similarities between West African and Native Mesoamerican religious symbols, such as the winged serpent and the sun disk, and words that have African roots and share similar meanings across both cultures, as well as the transfer of African plants to the region. North African sources describe what some consider to be visits to the New World by a Mali fleet in 1311. Supporting this view were Amerindian claims that from afar, black people whose spears were made of metal set out in canoes from the coast of Africa and sailed to the west with merchandise. Furthermore, some investigators today believe that humans might have come not overland from Asia, but by boat from Africa with the journey taking place 100,000 years ago, well before the accepted dates for the earliest human migrations that led to the prehistoric settlement of North America. Traces of coca and nicotine found in some Egyptian mummies have led to speculation that ancient Egyptians may have had contact with the New World. The initial discovery was made after examining the mummy of a priestess. Examination of numerous Sudanese mummies mirrored what was found in the Egyptian mummy. A re-examination in the 1970s of the celebrated mummy of Ramses II also revealed the presence of fragments of tobacco leaves in its abdomen. Claims involving Arab contact are based on early accounts of Muslim expeditions reaching a region thought by some theories to be part of North America. An ancient Arab atlas of the world includes a continent west of the Old World. According to Muslim historians, Arab sailors ventured over the Atlantic Ocean and discovered a previously unknown land in 889 CE and returned with a shipload of valuable treasures. It has been recently proposed that Phoenician sailors discovered the New World in 350 BCE. The Phoenician state of Carthage minted gold coins in that year bearing a pattern which has been interpreted as a map of the Mediterranean with North America shown to the west across the Atlantic. Some scholars believe that Phoenicians and other Semitic groups had crossed the Atlantic in antiquity, ultimately arriving in North America. This view is supported in part by claims that many geographical place names in the United States have a Semitic origin. Claims involving ancient Judaic contact are based on excavated inscriptions and petroglyphs in the USA that have led some to suggest the possibility that Jewish seafarers may have traveled to America after fleeing the Roman Empire at the end of the Jewish-Roman Wars in the 1st and 2nd centuries CE. Since the first centuries of European colonization in America, and up until the 19th century, several European intellectuals and theologians tried to account for the presence of the Aboriginal population by connecting them to the ten lost tribes of Israel, who according to biblical tradition, were deported following the conquest of the Israeli kingdom by the Neo-Assyrian Empire. Starting in the 17th century, theologians published tracts arguing that the native population of North America were descendants 
of the ten lost tribes and contended that the discovery of the alleged long-lost Jews heralded the imminent coming of the biblical Messiah. In this part, we examine claims involving Europe. We begin with the recent 1990s Solutrean hypothesis, which argues that Western continental Europeans migrated to the New World 16,000 years ago. Researchers propose contact partly on the basis of perceived similarities between the flint tools of the Solutrean culture and the later 9000 BCE Clovis culture of America, which we discussed earlier in this series. Evidence of contacts with the civilizations of classical antiquity have been based on isolated archaeological finds in North American sites that originated in the Old World. For example, it has been suggested that a Roman ship or the drifting of such a shipwreck to the North American shores is a possible explanation of archaeological finds from ancient Rome. A small terracotta head sculpture with a beard and European-like features, probably originally part of a larger figurine, was discovered in 1933 among pre-colonial grave goods northwest of Mexico City. Because the head appears to be similar in style to artifacts of Roman origin, some believe that it is evidence of pre-Columbian transoceanic contact between Rome and North America. In 1950, it was suggested that a depiction of a pineapple was represented among a first-century CE floor mosaic of Mediterranean fruits at Pompeii. This interpretation made a connection to Mexico, where the fruit was cultivated at that time by the Mayans. A nautical archaeologist identified that a mixture of pitch and agave leaves, a plant native to the hot and arid regions of Mexico and the southern United States, was used in the construction of the hull of a 4th century BCE Greek ship that had sunk at Cyprus. Henry Sinclair, a 14th century Scottish nobleman, is best known today from a modern legend that claims he took part in explorations of North America almost 100 years before Columbus. His grandson, William Sinclair, is the builder of Roslyn Chapel near Edinburgh, Scotland. It is believed that the chapel, made famous when prominently featured in the best-selling novel and blockbuster film The Da Vinci Code, includes carvings thought to be ears of New World corn or maize. This crop was unknown in Europe at the time of the chapel's construction and was not cultivated there until several hundred years later. Proponents view these carvings as evidence supporting the idea of Henry Sinclair's transoceanic travels. Some have conjectured that Columbus was able to persuade the Catholic monarchs of Castile and Aragon to support his planned expedition only because they were aware of some recent earlier voyage across the Atlantic. It is further suggested that Columbus himself visited Canada before 1492, because according to a contemporary historian, in 1477, he had sailed 100 leagues past an island thought to be modern Greenland. Whether Columbus actually did this and what island he visited, if any, is uncertain. Columbus is thought to have visited England's port of Bristol in 1476. Bristol was also the port from which John Cabot sailed in 1497, crewed mostly by Bristol sailors. In a letter of 1498, an English merchant wrote to Columbus saying that men from Bristol had much earlier found a mythical isle to the west. Several other such legends are recorded in biographical information on Columbus, 
including the then-current story of a Spanish caravel that was swept off its course while on its way to England and wound up in a foreign land populated by naked tribesmen. The crew gathered supplies and made its way back to Europe, but the trip took several months, with the captain and most of the men dying before reaching land. The caravel's ship pilot and a few others made it to Portugal, but all were very ill. Columbus was a good friend of the pilot and treated him in his own house, where the pilot described the land they had seen and marked it on a map before dying. People in Columbus's time knew this story in several versions, though many regarded it as a myth. In 1925, an author claimed that a joint Danish-Portuguese expedition in 1473 and again in 1476 explored a place called New Land of the Codfish speculated to have been Newfoundland or Labrador. The historical record shows that Basque fishermen were present in Newfoundland and Labrador from at least 1517 onward. The Basque's fishing expeditions led to significant trade and cultural exchanges with Native Americans. A theory suggests that Basque sailors first arrived in North America prior to Columbus's voyages to the New World, with some sources suggesting the late 14th century as a tentative date. The sailors, however, kept the destination a secret in order to avoid competition over the fishing resources of the North American coasts. The legend of the Irish monk St. Brendan involves a fantastical journey into the Atlantic Ocean in search of paradise in the 6th century CE. In 1977, the voyage was successfully recreated by a British explorer using a replica of an ancient Irish boat with a wooden frame over which animal skins are stretched. Prince Madoc from Wales explored North America as early as 1170. This legend evolved out of a medieval tradition about a Welsh hero's sea voyage. It attained its greatest prominence during the Elizabethan era, when English and Welsh writers wrote of this claim as an assertion by the Kingdom of England of prior discovery before other European nationalities. A few linguists believe genuine Celtic medieval inscriptions have been discovered in America. An epigrapher claims that early Irish writings have been found carved into stones in Virginia. During the period of Spanish colonization of Mexico, several indigenous myths and works of art led a number of Spanish chroniclers to suggest that Christian preachers may have visited Mesoamerica well before the Age of Discovery. Conquistadors were intrigued by the presence of cross symbols in Mayan hieroglyphs, which suggested that other Christians may have arrived in ancient Mexico before the Spanish. Dominican friars linked the legend of a pre-Columbian Mesoamerican god to the biblical accounts of Christian apostles and described the deity as being fair-skinned, tall, and bearded, therefore suggesting an old-world origin. They also credited him with bringing agriculture to Mexico. Proposed identities for the god include St. Brendan or Jesus Christ. According to pre-Columbian myth, the god departed Mexico in ancient times by traveling east across the ocean, promising he would return. Theories suggest that he may have been a Christian preacher from the old world who lived among indigenous peoples of ancient Mexico and eventually attempted to return home by sailing eastwards. One particular early colonial historian speculated that this myth might have originated from a visit to North America by Thomas the Apostle in the first century CE, 
Later on, a Spanish priest argued that a venerated cloak enshrined within the Basilica of Mexico City was instead brought to the region much earlier by Thomas, who used it as an instrument for evangelization. At present, only one historical case of pre-Columbian contact is widely accepted among the scientific and scholarly mainstream. Maritime explorations by Norse peoples from Scandinavia during the late 10th century led to the colonization of Lasso Meadows in Newfoundland, Canada, which preceded Columbus's voyage to the New World by some 500 years. Next time, we shall learn about these Norse adventurers, who we today call the Vikings. I'm Mark Vinette, and I hope you're enjoying the story. <laughs> <laughs>